get ready to add your support during our annual Radiothon and be part of community-powered radio. 3CR Radiothon Fundraiser, June 2021. To donate, call 03-9419-8377 or donate online at 3cr.org.au. 3CR Radiothon, community-powered radio. Hey, I'm Nikki Stott, and you're listening to Earth Matters, produced and broadcast at 3CR Community Radio on Wurundjeri and Bunurong Country. And yes, Radiothon is almost upon us again, that time of the year when we ask our listeners to chip in and help us to keep on air for another year. And don't forget that every dollar helps, so please pledge and donate what you can to support us here at Earth Matters by calling the station on 039419-8377 or stay posted for our online fundraiser details in the coming weeks. But for now, on with the show. And later on the program today, we'll be hearing from guest presenter Idwin Jeffrey, talking with Desiree Kai from the Tomorrow Movement, which is a collective that's focused on climate and economic justice for young people. But first off, our other guest presenter this week is Paddy Dobson, speaking with Chris O'Neill from the Sunbury Against Toxic Soil campaign in Nam about their ongoing battle against toxic soil from the Westgate Tunnel Project being dumped in the bullet tip in the suburb of Sunbury. Next up, we're going to talk to Chris O'Neill from Sunbury Against Toxic Soil about plans to dump millions of tonnes of toxic soil in the bullet tip. Thank you for joining us, Chris. Thank you very much. Could you start by telling us what toxic soil is and where all this dirt is coming from? Yeah, so this uh, this soil is all going to come from the Westgate Tunnel Project. Uh, obviously, we're digging that through some of Melbourne's most toxic uh, ground over there in the western suburbs. The soil itself is uh, is contaminated with uh, more than 60 uh, different contaminants, but one of those main contaminants is uh, PFAS. And PFAS is considered especially uh, dangerous because of its... Uh, it's reaction on the body. It's a, it's a cancer-causing uh, contaminant. And I understand the Environment Protection Authority has come out and given this idea the green light. But one thing that rings alarm bells for me is that the soil hasn't really been tested, so it's impossible to know what kind of damage it could do. What are your fears for the community? You raise a really good point there that, uh, that obviously the soil hasn't been tested. So we're going to see 465 truckloads or 11,000 cubic metres a day uh, when the tunnels are full production coming down into into our community. It will be untested and uh, obviously we won't know what's in there until it gets to a point uh, where it's at the landfill site. Once it arrives at the landfill site, it, it will obviously be tested, but it will sit there drying and evaporating the water for about 21 days between the point where it's, uh, it's dropped off and, and finally tested. My concern for my community is obviously that we won't know what's in that soil. So the testing results are going to be owned by a private company. They're not going to be owned by the government. So we really have no oversight uh, over what those testing results will be. Uh, and obviously once it's on uh, a private uh, a private property, 
which it would be a landfill site. We have no uh, ability to see if what was delivered is what was tested or if other soil has not been mixed in with what was disposed of or delivered to site. You mentioned the trucks. That's another issue, sort of an ancillary issue to the major issue of the soil. You've got to have these trucks going 24-7 through the community and I understand over a heritage-listed bridge as well. So we're going to have 865 trucks a day that will be travelling backwards and forwards between the pivot site, which is over in Western Melbourne where the tunnel portal comes out. They'll be travelling through Buller behind Melbourne Airport and as close as 10 metres to to homes, uh, those trucks will travel 24-7. They will not stop from the moment the tunnel boring machine starts. They will not stop. They cannot be stopped because the tunnel boring machine cannot be stopped. And they will run there for, uh, for anywhere up to 18 to 24 months. I personally, I can't imagine what that would be like for the Buller residents, having noisy, dirty, soil-carrying trucks uh, ricketing along a, a road right out the front of your house for the next 24 months. That must be uh, that must be really painful for them. Uh, so that's, that's why we're making so much of a fuss about it. Yeah, and it's impossible to know as well what, the, what it's going to do to the air quality. On that note, the, the dump is right next to Emu Creek, is that right? So it's actually really interesting. Yes, it is right next to Emu Creek. Uh, we've measured it's about 29 metres from, from Emu Creek. But more concerning as well to that, Emu Creek is a really important part of our uh, creek and river system. So Emu Creek feeds into the Upper Maribyrnong uh, River, which obviously then feeds down into Port Phillip Bay. It runs behind the airport. So there is obviously some contamination in that river already. More concerning to me than, than the river, though, is that we've just had the minister in the past couple of years uh, approve the Sunbury South Precinct Structure Plan, which is 20,000 new homes. Uh, and those new homes will be within 200 metres of this dump site. You've now got 20,000 new homes that are starting to be built right next to this toxic dump. And, and this toxic dump is not going to be small, this is going to potentially be Australia's biggest toxic dump. It's just bizarre. It's like, it's like there was no planning done at all. But it's been great to see your concerted community effort organising against the dumping. Have you found much support from the local government or any reaction at all? You know, I'll, I'll certainly tip my hat to Hume City Council. They've been on board since the start. It's uh, certainly been a mission for all of us. So local government is definitely there. Our Hume City Council is taking this to the Supreme Court. They're taking the Minister's decision to the Supreme Court. And uh, just earlier this week, they passed a motion to uh, seek some uh, advice around injunctive relief or an injunction on transurban uh, from signing a contract. Uh, We're not sure how that one will go. In regards to uh, our local member uh, of Parliament, uh, we've we've received absolutely no support, no no backing uh, from him at all. And I have a feeling that is because he uh, is part of the party that is uh, is building the tunnel. But his community feels very, very let down by that uh, ignorance to the issue. Uh, he's, he's not even uh, nowadays responding to emails from people. Typical. So you've organised some great local events so far. Uh, could you tell us about what you've got planned on the 20th of May? Yeah, so uh, we decided, uh, if they're not going to listen to us, that, uh, that we'll take the message to them. So we're going to take our message to the Steps of State Parliament on the 20th of May, 10.30 in the morning. So this is a, a joint a- activity between us and Bacchus Marsh, which is another one of the proposed dumping sites as well. 
And uh, we're going to take the message to them on their most important state government day, which is the Victorian Budget Day. There'll be lots of media and lots of cameras around, and uh, we certainly hope that we can get our message out there in support of our community and make the politicians know that, hey, there's real people involved here. There's there's real communities. And, uh, you know, steamrolling through them with planning amendments and changes to EPA legislation and, and all those other things that they've done, it just, it's just not acceptable. So we'll, we'll take our message to them and, and make a bit of noise on their proudest of dates. Good on you, Chris, and good on you for uh, choosing Budget Day. I think that's a really smart decision. For people who can't attend, who can they petition? Who can they call up, email, to try and put a stop to this? Well, they can certainly uh, they can certainly contact their local member of parliament. Uh, obviously, we need to engage as many people as, as possible. So I recommend that everyone checks who their local member of parliament is and send them a simple email just saying that you do not support toxic soil uh, being dumped in any community. There are recommended solutions that the government could have implemented. They haven't. So writing to your local member is very important. Write to your local council members. It's amazing how much the councils out here have been supporting everyone, and that's not just in our district, that's in every district. And uh, in relation to petition, we we, we don't have one open at the moment because that was done very early on uh, in our phase. We we got close to 3,500 signatures on a tabled parliament petition. So, you know, if, if you can't attend, I think the best thing that you can do is call and speak up. Fantastic. Thanks so much for joining us this morning, Chris. No worries. Thanks very much for the time. Really appreciate it. Have you heard about 3CR's national programs? Coming at you on community radio stations around Australia, produced in the studios of 3CR Melbourne. Services will be cut, jobs may well be lost and workers' entitlements will be undermined. Their basic human rights are as important as everyone else. Over 200 million years, individual species have evolved. I mean, birds were once dinosaurs. Anything nasty online seems to be targeted against women. Muckety is a bad deal, but Muckety is absolutely not a done deal. You're listening to Women on the Line. Welcome again to Lost in Science. And welcome to another edition of the Radioactive Show. You've been listening to Earth Matters on the Community Radio Network. Hello and welcome to Accent of Women. Anarchist Wall this week. Listen to Beyond Zero, global warming science, solutions and action. You are listening to Let the Bands Play. Tune in to Stick Together, worker stories and union news. Grassroots Voice is broadcast weekly on the Community Radio Network. You're listening to Earth Matters on the Community Radio Network. Hello, I'm Eidwin. And today we're speaking to Desiree from the Youth Activist Collective, the Tomorrow Movement. Uh, I've been wanting to get these guys on for so long to basically talk about, you know, what they're doing right now because it's a really interesting I suppose, group to be born out of a whole lot of other youth activisty groups uh, and taking a really unique approach to activism and, you know, the youth movement in Australia. So 
Desiree, that's given you a lot to work with there. But could you explain like who are you guys and how'd you come about? Easy. Yeah, totally. So Tomorrow Movement, I guess our big headline mission is like we are in an unstoppable movement of young people fighting for a society with good jobs, great public services and a safe climate for all. And we're trying to end the corrupting influence of big business on our politics to take back democracy, right? And so, yeah, we work at the intersection of like climate and economic justice. And I guess we formed, there were like 13 young people. We came together like about a year and a half ago to basically create Tomorrow Movement and envisage what is like, what's a movement that will actually do what it'll take to all these problems that we face. And so we're a collective of young people who saw, yeah, the intersection of like the mental health crisis and um, economic crisis for young people and the fact that a lot of us have like never been in secure work or don't really know a lot about what that feels like, won't be able to afford a house, all these sorts of things that we hear about young people being screwed over. And then just on to pile on top of that also, we've been living with this like, you know, specter of like the climate crisis is coming in um, our whole lives and we know that when it does and when the impact and I guess impacts have already started to be felt um, the people who are worst affected are the people who have the least right now already you know so it's a compounding it compounds all the existing crises that we already have Um, so yeah what is what's the movement that is going to get us to the scale of like all these issues and like looking at the things that are broken in Australian politics and actually like be able to hold our politicians to account and shift public opinion. What does activism look like to you guys? Like what is in the tomorrow movement? What are you guys busy doing? I think there's like a lot of different things that activism can look like. And I guess we have this whole spectrum of, um, like non-for-profits and other organisations and community groups and local groups doing things. And we all have a sort of place in this, what we call like a movement ecosystem. And so we need the big players to be like going out and sending like emails to their lists and like lobbying politicians. And then we need like other smaller like radical groups doing stuff to try and push the narrative further. And so, yeah, we see our places trying to make um, some ideas really popular to the public we want to make yeah, ideas around economic and climate justice really popular and tangible so that like the public really wants to be on our side and they can really see what the different sides of the debate are so we talk a lot about um you know what are the actions that we can do and what are the like tactics that we can use to get the public on side for an idea like a climate jobs guarantee how can we get them to see that like politicians and Um, are not on our side currently and how can we get them to be forced to pick a side Mm. Um, so yeah that's a lot of what we do and I guess yeah that might look like a big day of action which we have coming up Um, it can look like going out to the local community and petitioning and trying to build out our local groups and getting more young people involved and trained up yeah Mm. and this kind of draws me into like the the group's like three central pillars Uh, could you walk me through kind Mm. of the progress of them and and I suppose the tomorrow movement as you said is like trying to make put a platform to ideas and make them digestible and consumable for the public and also persuade them like mm-hmm. give them reasons to could you could you walk us through like yeah your pillars for achieving that yeah we have this like pre-written strategy it's supposed to be able to tide us through for the next five years um yeah and the three pillars of it are first we need a mass movement we need people power so we yeah, need a mass movement of young people who will do the work to like shift the public um, 
and rise up and change politics. Um, the second is a really interesting one called political alignment. And this is essentially the idea that like in order to win these big bold changes, we can't do it ourselves as tomorrow movement, as it's like little group of young people. We actually need um, all the movements who offer justice and who want to see a better world in the same way that we want to see a better world. We need all these movements to unite. So that's the First Nations justice and racial justice movements, plus the union movement, plus probably a whole range of other people like the women's rights movements. You know, we all have these shared values, but we're kind of disparate at the moment. Mm -hmm. And so that strategy pillar is about building alignment. So we're all working towards the same thing and um, taking back what is like common sense in politics. So I really love that one. Could I, sorry, could I just jump in there for a it? second? You know, common sense is one of those words which I hear really co-opted to a lot of right-wing rhetoric, you know, oh, it's, it's common sense that we do mm. it the way we do it. And it's very institutional. So I wanted to get your perspective. What do you, like, what does Tomorrow Movement scene see as the new political common sense? Well, obviously the current common sense is defined sort of by this, like, big business ideology like individualism and everyone for themselves and um free market capitalism um plus a bit of like uh I don't know racism homophobia all these sort of like socially conservative views as well and they're kind of married quite well and they're very yeah as you said very good at like being like common sense is just uh yeah it's that 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 idea of like you know common sense welfare the best form of wealth is a job yeah yeah this economic rational policy like yeah well yeah totally we and I think like the values that like you know we hold as a movement and I think along the left like they should really be common sense it's like kind of um really wild that they aren't right because it's about community it's about supporting each other um it's about saying that yeah we have to look after each other and that empathy and compassion should be at the core of like who we are as a country but obviously you know, the the current people who hold power, big business and they hold in politics and in the media and across like um, society, like the most powerful sects of society, they all hold this other dominant view, which is what we have as yeah, the current like common sense, which doesn't serve a lot of people. And so pillar three is turn the power into actual action and move towards it. Now, touching on, you know, the three main things like reoccurring issues that you've mentioned in this interview already, which is climate, economy and democracy, you know, what are some Mm. of the agenda points for these, these three just massive crises that we're living through at the moment? I mean, it's kind of all of it, right? (laughs) Which is hard, but um, it all kind of feeds in, I guess our big, the way that we bring it all together is through this campaign an idea for climate jobs guaranteed So a climate jobs guarantee is the transformative plan to, um, you know, fix society and, you know, deal with the worst impacts of the climate crisis while creating thousands of new jobs and guaranteeing a job to anyone who wants one because there is so much work to do to, like, shift our society and, like, solve the climate crisis Mm. uh, and, you know, do adaptation. And there are so many people who are unemployed and out of work and who are looking for meaningful work to do as well, you know, work that's not just, like, some corporate, you know, or, like, in um, retail or fast food, maybe, like, a lot of young people don't feel fulfilled in, like, these sorts of roles. But, like, what are ways that we can create jobs that are meaningful to the community as well? So, yeah, we talk about a climate jobs guarantee and then we talk about, like, 
what it would take to achieve it. And so I guess that's the democracy part, like the climate jobs guarantee is the economic justice and like environment part. We think that if there is, and I don't think that one policy is going to solve everything, right? But if we have the, like a big agenda that a lot of people can get behind and Mm -hmm. support, and this is the big agenda that we're proposing, um, then maybe we can start to shift that common sense. That does sound like an idea that I would back Mm. um, and that I would vote in the next election around, you know? And then I guess the other part of it is just about empowering young people and creating that mass movement, right? Like with democracy, the way that we've seen change made historically in democracies have been when like people join together and sort of rise up together to take back power. And so, yeah, there's a lot of work around like educating people and making them feel empowered to join in and um, yeah, feel like we can hold our decision makers Mm. to account and that that will actually do something. Yeah. Yep. It's It's hard though. (laughs) It is. Okay. So obviously you guys are available, you know, online website, social media, that's just the tomorrow movement. So definitely Mm. young people listening, maybe have a search, have a Google, have a play with the website. As our last kind of wrap-up question, can you tell us, like, what's coming up? What are you keen for people to get involved with? What are you excited about? Our next day of action is on May the 4th. So it's our Climate Jobs Guarantee Day of Action. And so uh, people in our movement across the country will be going to their local MPs offices and basically doing actions and causing a bit of chaos maybe and asking our politicians which side are you on are you on our side as young people are you going to back the climate jobs guarantee are you going to back the status quo and keep you know making policy for your big business mates who are profiting off the climate crisis that's the question that we're asking um, and we're trying to get that climate jobs guarantee out there (laughs) so there's like events for these things on our website um and the easiest way yeah would just to be to go to the website and sign up to like get updates so there's a page specifically about this day of action um, where you can sign up and someone will get in contact with you before we completely finish is there anything else you want to add about you know why definitely someone should get involved with tomorrow movement it's one of those things to you know actually sign up to I think it's really easy as a young person in 2021 to feel really disillusioned and um yeah just like sad about the state of the world and what we can achieve and like how like well our politicians are kind of terrible and not doing anything for us um and maybe just like don't don't let that cynicism stop you because what we need we have a plan to win and I really believe that we will win but what we need is people and we can only win it if enough people decide to turn up and take that time out of their lives and so like I want you as one of those people to be there um uh and it's just a way that we can yeah there's so there we can be hopeful when we see the power of like people power and on that note we shall wrap this up thank you so much Desiree for taking the time and you know coming on and telling us a bit more about the tomorrow movement yeah of course no worries thanks for having me You've been listening to Earth Matters on the Community Radio Network.
today on the show, we heard from guest presenter Edwin Jeffrey talking with Desiree Kai from the Tomorrow Movement. And you can find their website at tomorrowmovement.com. And our other guest presenter this week was Paddy Dobson, who spoke earlier on the show with Chris O'Neill from the Sunbury Against Toxic Soil campaign. And you can find their website at sunburysaysno.com. And you can find today's podcast and links at 3cr.org.au forward slash earthmatters. And if you're already listening via a podcasting service, we'd love you to subscribe. And why not rate us and give us a review to help spread the word? Earth Matters would like to thank the Community Broadcasting Foundation for their generous support and the Community Radio Network for all their hard work in getting this show out to you. Earth Matters is produced at 3CR Community Radio in Fitzroy Nam. And we can be contacted at earthmatters3cr at gmail.com. And you can also find us on your socials. And we're going to go out now with Anaka and Poppy. If it dies, we die. But don't forget to tune in next week for more environmental and social justice stories.
When you compare an old growth forest compared to a forest which is regrowing after a disturbance like logging, they're actually quite different ecosystems. Generally, like older, wetter forests slow down the path of fire, and this is actually quite a well-known phenomenon. Historically, these big, large fires have been quite rare, but what we've seen in the last 20 years is they're becoming quite a lot more common. So we've had three in the last 20 years. This is definitely because of climate change, which is making our ecosystems a lot drier and the fire weather more intense. We need to keep Radical Voices on air. Subscribe now. Go to 3cr.org.au forward slash subscribe or call the station on 9419 8377. Common Social Change Library is an online collection of educational resources for those campaigning for social change. It collects, curates and distributes the key lessons and resources of progressive movements around Australia and across the globe. The library includes over 500 resources covering campaign strategy, community organising, activist history, digital campaigning, diversity and inclusion and much, much more. It's free to access the library, so check out the collection at commonslibrary.org. You've been listening to a 3CR podcast produced in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au. You've been listening to a 3CR podcast produced in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au.